0: Phil Moran, pastor at Christ Presbyterian Church, and Jonathan Van Hugan, pastor at Spring United Reformed Church. Now, if you'd like to find out more about us or catch past broadcasts or get information about our annual conference, you can find us at ReformationVoice.com. Well, welcome to the Gospel for Life. We are recording this via Zoom. I'm sure many of our listeners very familiar with that platform now as we are uh, separated from one another. Um, How are you guys doing? How are
1: you guys doing, church? I was just going to say, I was was thinking that most of our listeners were hoping for another episode to hit the (laughs) pail.
0: Yeah, I was telling my brothers offline that I am not witty. And when I try to be, I just put my foot in my mouth. But uh, yeah, yeah, I I deserve that. Especially since I made fun of you for wearing that bunny suit yesterday. <laughs> hey, it is what it is.
2: <laughs> okay, so um, how are you guys doing church right now? Um, we're we're trying to like like all churches. We're just trying to find uh, electronic uh, and digital means of, of being connected. Uh, we're doing streaming and uh, doing a lot of Zoom meetings. Uh, small groups, Bible studies, uh, committee meetings—all—all all via Zoom, and uh, some also some uh, conference call, uh, a telephone conference call, um, and uh, so we're just we're trying to find ways to to be connected. But um, one of the things that I'm discovering, and I think I think many of our people are as well. Is that God is really using this to deepen the bonds of love in our church, to even even though we're separated physically, to deepen the bonds of unity in our church, and I've heard many pastors around town uh, testify to this that God is doing the same thing in their churches that, that God is doing a work of, of unity, and uh, it's it's really sweet. Yeah, we're we're streaming. Just like Phil had said,
1: our, all our services and then Zooming all of our meetings, Bible studies, um, it's not the same, but it is still good to see people's faces and, and to interact just like we are here. I mean, it's not the same as being together in the studio, but it, it is at least good to, to see one another and interact that way. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. I, I heard some stuff when this all started that some people were concerned about making the argument that. Uh, you know, live streaming is not is not church. Uh, that what we do via screen time is not church, and and of course I one hundred percent agree with that. But I think anybody that's experienced this um, understands that. I I don't think that we're going to get back together here in a month from now or two months from now, whatever it is, and all, everybody's going to start watching church from home. It's it's totally not the same.
2: Yes. Yeah, no, no, nobody is going to say when when the when social distancing is lifted, nobody is going to say, "Oh, I love being at home for worship so much uh, that we're just going to stay here." No, um, but in fact, but I will say that in fact, one of my prayers out of this is that many more of our people will learn the gift of daily home worship. Uh, That you know, the the, you know to borrow a phrase from from Luther I I believe that the the home is a a little church and uh, That to take uh, just even a few moments uh, Just just a just a few minutes each day uh, For personal daily worship and family worship um, that uh, to get to gather your to gather your family together and uh, to spend some daily time in, in worship to God. Uh, I, I'm, I'm hoping that that is a gift that'll be learned by more people.
0: Well, we've been talking lately about uh, how Thomas Brooks, the English Pur- Puritan, responded to the bubonic plague in England in 1666. He wrote this little sermon series called A Heavenly Cordial, and he he essentially, you know, described why the people of God can have great confidence. And uh, kind of the foundation of his argument is that God's providence, yes, it extends to all peoples, but it especially cares for his people, for for the church. So can you guys maybe, maybe summarize kind of where we've been so far so we can continue to walk through his reasons for this?
1: God loves all people, but... And cares for all people in a general way, but in a, a specific way, he has a, a special love for only his people and a special care for only his people. He gives promises that only are for those that he has purchased through the blood of Jesus Christ. And those promises are ours because of what Jesus Christ accomplished on our behalf. Um, and so there is a distinction between those, all those that God has created and are under his care and those that he has redeemed and are under his special care.
2: Excellent. Yeah, let, me, let, me, let me read one more scripture that I think we haven't, perhaps haven't touched on yet. This is from first Timothy chapter four, and this is about God's special care for his people. Uh, this is first Timothy four, verse 10. For to this end, we toil and strive Because we have set our hope on the living God, who is the Savior of all people, especially of those who believe. Uh, In other words, Jesus comes as the Savior of of all. He's available to all who will turn to him. And especially, Paul goes out of his way to say, especially to those who believe. um, That there is um, a special promise here. For those who belong belong to Christ, there's a there's a universal uh, providence of God, um, but there's a special providence for those who believe. And by providence, I mean we mean uh, love and care and attention. Right. All
0: right. So let's let's uh, kind of maybe explain Thomas Brooks's fourth reason. Why we know that God has a special eye towards the church. His fourth reason is this that the church is the only people in the world that are in covenant with God, and therefore his providences are always covenant covenantally minded. Now, Russ, you had said something off the air that I thought was kind of important to flesh out a bit. You want to talk about what you were saying?
1: you remember no what what exactly what are we talking about i i I mentioned off the air that i don't think people understand the significance of god's love for his people is this what we're talking about
0: no no not at all (laughs) i i even question whether you're even listening to what i'm saying now
1: (laughs) Uh, that could be true
0: (laughs) Remember, you had mentioned that uh, people can kind of be in covenant in in the church, but not actually have union with Christ. So there are there are certain benefits that people can um, be recipients of from God. But. Do you remember having this conversation? Yeah, I, I thought you were talking just
1: prior to this show, what we had talked about. Now I realize you're you're going back 20 minutes for people that are well, making it.
0: That, that, that was the question you were talking about.
1: I mean, that this is a long time ago for older people. Um, no, what happens is that there is a covenant that exists between the three persons of the Trinity. And that covenant is referred to as the covenant of redemption. And in that covenant, God has secured the salvation of all of his his people. That plays itself out in time and space in what we refer to as the covenant of grace, where God, through the initial promises of Genesis 3, gives this great gospel promise that in the end, grace will win out, not sin. That where sin abounds, grace will superabound, as Paul will phrase it later on in Romans, um, and God throughout history continues to work that covenant of grace, drawing people unto himself, redeeming his people throughout time um, through the, the perfect work of Jesus Christ. But in that covenant, there are those that are externally connected, but not internally connected. There are those that end up in the broader covenant community, the church, but are not in union with Jesus Christ they have not um, as Phil has been advocating here in the last couple of shows have not put their trust in Jesus Christ alone for their salvation um, and so what we have is that that we really have three circles we have all of God's creation are under God's care we have those that are within the covenant community have more specific um, promises and care and protection by God. And then you have an inner circle of those that are truly the children of God that have put their faith and are in union with Jesus Christ. And so if you kind of look at it in those concentric circles, those that are in the inmost circle, children of God, have have the most security and the, the, the most precious promises in God's special love and care. Then you've got a circle outside of that, the church, that have some of those same things, but not all of them, and then you've got the broader circle of all of God's creation that he cares for in a general way.
0: Phil, our resident scholar, do you want to add anything to that?
2: No. Um, that. I'm,
0: I'm, amen. <laughs> all right. Uh, I guess that was adequate, mostly. But yeah, so um, the reason Brooks gives that we can have a confidence in <laughs> in uh God's working for us is because we're the only people in the world that is in covenant with God. And, and that's that's a remarkable thing. As you were kind of you know talking about it yesterday, Russ, that God loves us, not in a superficial, trite, you know, kind of uh way that we see in, in much of evangelicalism today. He loves us in spite of the fact that we are rebels and black in heart and we wanted nothing to do with him. Scripture over and over again calls us Haters of God before we come to him, that we love the darkness and refuse to come to the light. And yet God, through his grace, uh, sent his son into the world, not to save people that loved him, but to save people that wanted nothing to do with him. And um, that's remarkable.
1: I mean, I'm sure all of our listeners were so hanging on every word that we said last week in our shows. But we made reference um, a couple times to Psalm 89, and Psalm 89 is really a, a, an incredible psalm dealing with the idea of covenant. And what you'll find in Psalm 89 is that God's covenant specifically with his people is sure and, and um, steadfast because of who God is, not because of who we are. And really, Psalm 89 is, is going to say over and over again, God is faithful. We're not. And our unfaithfulness does not undo God's promise, God's covenant love for his people. Um, There might be consequences to our failings, our covenant failings, but ultimately we're safe and secure because there wasn't any failings in Jesus Christ, the great covenant um, keeper, on behalf of his people. Um, And so all of these assurances are ours, not because we're worthy but because we trust in one who is worthy and kept covenant when we couldn't. Yes. Amen. 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 Well, Phil,
0: um, what would you say in the next 20 seconds for that
2: uh, person in church who is really discouraged right now? Uh, Know know that um, God in love is working all things together for good. Uh, and you belong to him. You are his child, and he, regardless of what circumstances may look to you right now, um, God has made covenant, and God has God has promised uh, a special care for his children. And you belong to him, and nothing can happen to you that's going to be outside of his ultimate good purpose. Amen. Well, this has been the Gospel for Life.